and peace be with you. Um, we have been shut down again, as you know, by mandate of the governor of California. And so uh, I apologize for uh, any kind of gap that puts in our ability to come together in the name of Jesus at our church. Um, we should be praying and be all about praying um, that we get to uh, uh, come together soon, sooner than later. You'll notice uh, this morning we don't have a musician with us uh, for obvious reasons, um, and that uh, we are going to be using pre-recorded music, and to that end, uh, one of the joys of being a pastor is the vital and wonderful relationships that you make in the church family. And so I was making calls and I was talking to my good friend and mentor, a hero to me, even if he wasn't a Marine, uh, DeForest. And I talked to Dee and we were chatting about many things and, and uh, he's, he is a hero to me. He has imparted uh, wisdom to me over the years. In fact, he shared something I'll share with you right now. Long ago as a younger man, he had a mentor and that mentor said, Dee, if you thought about what you had to say, you might find you don't have that much to say. And uh, actually, it's before you said it was the, the precursor. I got that messed up. But I, I always think about that and have for about three years now since uh, he said that to me. Anyway, our conversation this week, I said, we're going to have recorded music. He says, well, have you thought about country music? I said, well, I love country music. And he says, well, uh, Peg and I were talking last night. and." Um, do you think maybe you could play some country music this Sunday? And I said, I'll bet you we could. And I said, what do you like? He goes, I like the country gospel. And I said, I do too. And so I start naming out some country gospel, not too contemporary. So I went as far back as Alan Jackson and maybe some Kenny Rogers. And he says, well, you know, I'm thinking, do you, have you ever heard of Tennessee Ernie Ford? And I said, yes, sir, I have. I watched I Love Lucy, and he was on that show a couple of times. And he says, well, he does a bang-up job. And so that's we played some Tennessee Ernie Ford uh, before we got started here. And he says, now, you can have some of them new fellas in there, too, like the Gatlin brothers. <laughs> and so we had some Gatlin brothers, too. And so throughout this, uh, this service, the music was inspired by my dear friend Dee and his lovely wife Peg, and I'm grateful for you and I hope you enjoy it. Our opening hymn this morning uh, is, uh, well I didn't write it down because I didn't know what it was going to be, but I believe it is Alan Jackson and it is Leaning, Leaning, you know that one, Leaning. So let us get started, it is going to be uh, oh, I need to tell, you know, just for the camera here, there's hardly anybody here. So if there's anyone's from the governor's office, uh, we have hardly anyone here, and that's the truth. Thank you very little for that. But there are a couple folks here. They are socially distanced. We are using best practice. We washed our hands. We took our temperature. You got your own bulletin. Uh, you got a mask on. You're not rubbing your eyes or... 
Yeah, I can't say that in church, but, you know, keep your finger out of your nose. Yeah, I did. I said it. And so we're going to be fine. But uh, here we go. Leaning in the arms. Leaning in the arms. Secure from all alarms Leaning, leaning Leaning on the everlasting arms What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Leaning on the everlasting arms I have blessed peace with my Lord so near Leaning on the everlasting We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us take a moment in silent reflection. Let us now confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed. And by what we have done, and by what we have left undone, we have not loved you with our whole heart, and we have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And now the good news, and that is this. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son 
to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. And we're going to go straight into the prayer of the day. So, the Lord be with you. Amen. Let us pray. Oh God, so rule and govern our hearts and minds by your Holy Spirit that ever mindful of your final judgment, we may be stirred up to holiness of living here and dwell with you in perfect joy hereafter. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. You may be seated, and we have our scripture reading. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the book of the prophet Isaiah, chapter 44, verses 6 through 8, and this can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1128. Um, this prophecy occurred, uh, Isaiah was prophesying about 700 years before the birth of Christ. He repeatedly warned the Israelites about uh, what would happen if they drifted away and what would happen in the future. He's the most prominent prophet in the Old Testament, and as we get towards the end of Isaiah, he prophesies or forecasts the coming of the Messiah and a new kingdom. And he keeps reminding him, reminding the Israelites of who he is, because some, for some reason they keep forgetting. And this is Isaiah reminding them not only of who he is, but that what he says 
happens. Okay, Isaiah 44, verses 6 through 8. This is what the Lord says, Israel's King and Redeemer, the Lord Almighty. I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let, me, let them foretell what will come. Do not tremble, do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? No, there is no other rock. I know not one. Second reading is taken from Psalm 119, verses 57 through 64. And we'll read that responsibly for those who are here. You are my portion, Lord. I have promised to obey your words. I have sought your face with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. I have considered my ways and have turned my steps to your statutes. I will hasten and not delay to obey your commands. Though the wicked bind me with ropes, I will not forget your law. At midnight, I rise to give you thanks for your righteous laws. I am a friend to all who fear you, to all who follow your precepts. The earth is filled with your love, Lord. Teach me your decrees. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 18 through 27, and this can be found in your pew Bible on page 1757. Paul's letter is, uh, it seems, particularly appropriate for what we're facing in the United States today at this time. Paul says, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. <clears throat> we know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through our wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew from the 13th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. The Gospel reading this morning is taken from the book of St. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 24 through 30, and verses 36 through 43. And they can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1518. Matthew 13. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed seed in his field. But while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and then went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, the weeds also appeared. Now the owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at that time I will tell the harvesters first, Collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into the barn. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. And he answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that causes sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their Father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you please pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts 
Be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. And I would add to this, Abba Father, please take these unclean lips of mine and help me get out of your way that you may do the gospel to those that hear it, even through a poor, cracked up vessel like the one that is speaking now. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. In the name of Jesus, because we know that nothing good comes from any other source. Amen? Amen. To read a little bit of the scripture one more time, the parable, starting with Matthew 13, verses 40 and 41, as the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out his kingdom, everything that causes sin, and all who dwell, all who do evil in it. I have, uh, I got weeds in my garden. And uh, I made sure that uh, I planted my garden in good soil, yet I've got weeds. And as you probably know, one of the biggest enemies of a garden, well, it's weeds. They rob the soil of nutrients that help plants to grow, and many times they will indeed choke out good plants. So what can you do? What do you do? Well, you can take a hoe and you can chop down the weeds, but if you're not careful, you will probably chop down some of the good plants accidentally. In another way to get rid of weeds is to buy some weed killer. You know the stuff. It, uh, well I can verify it really kills weeds. I could verify this too, that the biggest problem with weed killer is that it does not know the difference between a tumbleweed or a tomato plant. And it kills everything that it touches. Sometimes it is uh, best to leave the weeds alone. Ask me how I know that. Experience. Sometimes it's best to leave the weeds alone until it is time to harvest the crop. Why? Because then you can separate the weeds. They have identified themselves, and you can pull them from the good plants. One time, as we heard this morning, Jesus told a parable, a story, that compared the world to a garden that was infested with weeds. Now, sometimes, in our fleshly state, and for those that are watching, when I do this, this is flesh. Flesh. In our fleshly state, we may look as this as a story, a parable about weeds in our church. And this ought not be. We'll get back to that in a little bit. 
There are people in the world that we may observe and think they don't really belong. They do things that are not very loving. And they don't seem to believe the way you believe or I believe. They don't believe what the Bible teaches. They sometimes say hateful things. Well, I just kind of channeled my Southern Baptist hateful things. But you know what I'm saying. There are, you don't have to look very far to hear hateful things being uttered. Maybe even from your own lips. Guilty. Right here is charged. Hateful things about other people, and they may try to hurt them. They are like weeds in the garden. Those words that come out of our mouths, that others' mouths, that, that, that tear down, that don't give life, but that bring death. Those are like weeds. Those people that do that are like weeds. We have to be very careful about trying to remove those people. That's what Jesus says. In his parable, Jesus said that we shouldn't worry about pulling up the weeds that grow around us. If we do, if we do attempt our own works, we may do more harm than good. And he suggests this, that we leave the weeds for God to take care of, and that we concentrate on doing what he wants us to do, what he wants you to do, what he wants me to do, which is, well, producing good fruit, producing fruit that you've been designed to produce, no effort on your part, but through the Spirit, and through your faith, and through your walk, you can't help but produce good fruit. And whenever you see someone in the world that you don't think should be there, before you grab your hoe or your weed killer, remember the advice of Jesus, and that is this, just leave it up to God to separate the weeds from the good plants. If we try to make matters and take matters into our own hands, we will probably, I'll even go so far as most likely, definitely, do more harm than good. And so we ought to pray, dear Father, help us to love one another and leave the matter of judgment into your hands. And we ought to pray that in Jesus' name. In order for this parable or any other piece of Scripture in the Holy Bible, we need to know who the audience is or was. We need to know the context of it. We need to read before that verse, maybe all the way back into, if it's a gospel verse like today, into the Old Testament. In fact, Jesus points to the book of Daniel at one point, and we'll get into that as well, Daniel 12. But we need to know the context. Why? Because I'll tell you what, and guilty as charged, there's a saying out there, and it ain't scripture, but boy, does it pack a punch, and it's that. I can do all things. I can do all things through scripture taken out of context. 
And I see it. I see it. Let's not do that. Let's think about this. Let's pull it apart. Let's take time in prayer and supplication. Let's take time in Bible study. So let's get to it. In this parable, the man who sowed is Jesus. That's a pretty simple deal. Number two, the good seed, the good seed that was sowed are the sons of the kingdom. And his field, what is his field? Just got done saying it. Is his field the church? Well, sure like to, to think it is because then I'll pull some weeds right here. Right? No. No, he's talking about bigger things. He's talking about the world. Who is the enemy? Who is the villain in this story? Well, it's Satan, right? It's de the devil. And the weeds. The weeds are the sons of the evil one. Those are, those are the ones that their father is the devil. Ones who don't believe. There's a part in here that begs the question, and, and you already know the answer because I told you. But the Holy Spirit is going to talk to your heart throughout this and through prayer. Shall we pull the weeds when it's asked by the servants? Hey, Lord, you want us to you know, help you out there? I know you're busy. Should we pull those weeds? More on that later. The harvest. What is the harvest? Well, that's a reference to the end of the age. That's the end of the age. And who are the reapers? Well, it says so in the scripture, and Jesus explains it in the latter part of our reading this morning. The reapers are the angels. And we find out that it's, it's astounding what happens to those that don't believe. It's astounding what happens to the weeds, and that is they are burned in a furnace of fire. The wicked will be destroyed. The wheat in the barn is righteous, and it will shine like the sun, and that's the reference from Daniel 12. So the farm workers, the farm workers are, they're us. You're a farm worker. You are a ambassador, ambass, ambassador, careful. You are the king's kid. When you walk out these doors, you are a child of the living God. You've been given power to be called that and to be named that by what Christ did on that cross for you. Christ and him crucified, that's what we preach. Nothing more and nothing less. It's not Christ and him crucified plus my attendance or my good deeds or the fact that I don't do this or that. No, it's Christ and him crucified. You are an ambassador but oftentimes, we can slip in as farm workers and say, shall we pull out this evil? And shall we extract justice? And we are accusatory of God the Father, and we might cry out, why are you allowing this? 
God, if you are a good God, why are you allowing such evil to take place? I can see it 24-7. And I can see it on reputable news sources like Facebook. (laughs) And I see memes, and they got to be true because they're on the internet. Why are you doing that? I'll tell you what, Lord, I'm going to help you out, we want to say. I'm going to knock this guy down in social media. Or worse, I might take justice into my own hands and go out into the streets. We might ask him, if you are a good God, where are you? And when are you going to do something about it? We, he, we see the servants asking the same question of the owner who has sowed the seed. And his answer is perfect. His answer is, an enemy has done this. And that ought to be enough. For the children of God know that the enemy is Satan in the problem and the bad weeds that have been sown from bad seed are sin. And if we're honest, we know that at one time we were enemies of God as well. And that once we were weeds, and were it not for what Christ did, and were it not for our holy baptism, you wouldn't be able to tell, and sometimes you still can't, but we look just like a weed that looks just like wheat. And flesh and blood can't tell the difference. Oftentimes only God can do that. So what shall we do? Shall we whack them? I got a hoe. I got weed killer. But that's being overzealous. And that's taking out of God's hand what is rightfully his to do. Vengeance is mine, he says. So the answer from the sower is this. He says, let it be. He says, allow it. Oh, I don't like the way this list is going. Really? Yeah. He says, allow it. He says, forgive. He says, let it go forward. Let it go forward. And there's a good reason for this. And what it requires us to do is to humble ourselves and to realize who we are compared to God. Not who you think you are, but who who are you really compared to God the Father? And he asks this question, how do we separate the weeds from the wheat? How does the one in sin pull out the weeds and the sinners? How do, I'm a sinner. I'm not a fruit inspector. You've heard me say that. Well, I can inspect fruit, but it doesn't mean I'm any good at it. I can look at somebody else and I can come to a snap judgment and say, whoa. And we have examples of that in the Bible as well. The publican who's in the temple and he's speaking out loud. He goes, Lord, thank you. I'm about to paraphrase, but he says, thank you for making me me. I tithe. 
I do all these sacrificial things. And then he really says, and thank you for not making me like that guy. And Jesus, to his hearers at that point, he says, now listen, that guy looked up. Actually, he couldn't look up. He was so humbled that he looked down and he said, forgive me, a miserable sinner. And Jesus asked, who walked away justified that day? I can't judge. I can't do it the way that it needs to be, and neither can you. The parable shows us that the angels will come, and they will separate the goats from the sheep upon Christ's return. And if that's not soon enough for you, if you're thinking that, tough. Because that's his plan. And yet, in our hope to hold on to things in this world, this, this, we want to slice a heaven on this earth, this, this utopia, you know, this, well, for us, South Orange County, California, it's getting ruined. I long for the days when it used to be like that. We want to hold on to that and keep it that way, but there is no earth that is comparable to heaven. And we need to let it go. And we need to be about what God created us to be. And that is his children. And that is his children that love God and love their neighbor. Now I'm not saying that well, we need to allow uh, breaking of the law. That's why we have police. We don't allow bad behavior. I'm saying that you need to put your trust in the Lord, but lock your door. But I, I think the point of all of this is, the, is that you need to allow God to be God. And you need to be quiet and to be still and allow Him to take care of the wheat and the weed. At this church, as I said, we continue. We continue on in a, in a mission of his along and in flow of his will when we continue to proclaim Christ and him crucified. We do not, in our proclamations on Sundays, have 12 steps to being a better person or 12 steps to a better prayer life. No, we preach the proper distinction between law and gospel. We preach Christ and Him crucified. We remain in the Word so that we're able to give an answer to any who ask, where is our hope? Who is our hope? And we point to that cross where Christ was pinned for you and for me. We point to the font where we, at one time, where word and water and faith came upon that little person and that we were given the gift of the Holy Spirit and we were dead 
in a death like Christ when we went under the water and we were raised in a resurrection like Christ as we came up and we are forever clothed in Christ. We are sealed by the Spirit and marked by the cross. And that helps to make sense. That's everything when we see weeds and ask the question, why are there weeds? It gives us comfort when we ask, why is there chaos? It it gives us the ability to accept and to have peace when Jesus tells us through this this parable that the reason that things are so terrible outside is because an enemy did this. He doesn't need our help. One last thing I want to leave you with in this parable we hear the term gnashing of teeth. Gnashing of teeth. Do you remember hearing that? What does that mean? Is it sorrow? Is it anguish? What is gnashing of teeth? Well here it is. Gnashing is actually the sound of hissing and fury and over-the-top anger of the wicked at God and at those who believe. That is hissing, fury, and over-the-top anger directed towards you and me, and God. We're in good company. That is, those that have had gnashing of teeth directed at them, we are in good company. In David and the Psalms, there are several examples of people gnashing their teeth at him, hissing at him, wanting him to just die. They tried to take his life. In Lamentations chapter 2, verse 16, we do hear the actual words of hissing and gnashing of teeth. In Job chapter 16, verses 9 through 10, God was gnashing his teeth at Job. And Stephen, in the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 7, Stephen, and this explains an awful lot, Acts 7, verses 54 and further, when they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. These are the ones that didn't believe. These are weeds. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed at him with their teeth. But he, Stephen, being full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, look, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And then they cried out with a loud voice. They stopped their ears and ran at him with one accord. All together they ran at him and they cast him out of the city and they stoned him. 
And the witnesses laid down their clothes at the feet of the young man named Saul, later to be named Paul. And they stoned Stephen as he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. That's what the weeds will do. And you'll notice Saul, a young man, Pharisee of Pharisees, Paul, everybody would have thought he was a weed. He was a weed. But by the power of God, he became Paul the Apostle, the one abnormally born, the one who has more writings represented in the Holy Bible than anyone else. He was once a weed. God turned him into wheat. My point there is only God knows the difference between the weed and the wheat. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, forgive us when we think we know your ways and what you want for us to do. Forgive us and help us not to help you to pull weeds. Give us comfort knowing that you are in control. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.
if you're able. Let us now confess our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed, which is found on page three of your bulletin. I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Almighty God, we are too quick to judge your ways and too bold to presume upon your wisdom. Grant us grace so that we may trust in your word and fulfill our baptismal vocation of worship, witness, prayer, and works of mercy both to our families and to our neighbors in need. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Blessed Lord, we are stewards of your creation and we have often squandered its goodness and wasted its resources. Guide us, Father, to use wisely and for the benefit of all people the fruits of this good earth and preserve its goodness for those to come. Lord, in your mercy. Merciful God, we have been given new birth in baptism. Help us to confess your Son before the world. Reflecting the glory of your kingdom to all people, bless 
all pastors, missionaries, and church workers, that they may be faithful in their callings. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Lord, we enjoy great freedom and blessing in our land. Bless Donald, our presidents, the Congress of these United States, and Gavin Newsom, our governor, and all those who make, judge, and administer laws in our land. Give them wisdom, Father. Give them wisdom in their actions for the protection of life, all life, and livelihood. Lord, in your mercy, loving God, we give you thanks for the gift of health, which we must never take for granted. Hear our prayers on behalf of the sick, the aged, the infirm, and those who mourn and those near death. Grant them healing in accord with your will and grace to sustain them in their need. Hear our prayers as we speak them out loud or those that are on our heart, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, Holy Lord, we too easily forget those in nursing homes, assisted living, and also the homebound. Give us grace so that we may bring them your consolation and peace and give them the aid and comfort of your word and our fellowship in Christ. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, we are wounded by the sufferings of this life, and we need your grace to sustain us in hope and equip us with patience. Give to us all that we need to pass through the day of trouble and be found faithful when Christ comes in his glory at that last day. Lord, in your mercy. And gentle Lord, we ask you to visit the homes of your people that they may be places of blessings and love where faith is nurtured and we learn to live out our new lives in holiness and righteousness all the days of our lives. Lord, in your mercy. And, O oh Lord, hear us on behalf of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Grant that what we pray for we may work toward under the guidance of your Holy Spirit, that at the day of judgment we may be found worthy to join the saints and enter into your gift of eternal life forevermore. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let us pray our offertory prayer. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. 
for the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Now normally at this time, we would uh, be hearing the great thanksgiving, the sanctus, and the words of institution to the elements for Holy Communion. And we are having Holy Communion for the few that are here today. And we'll do it after the service. My prayer for you here and those that are listening is not that you would be controlled by a spirit of hopelessness and helplessness, but that you would run to the one who gives hope, that gives help, and the Son of God who on that cross paid it all for you, all of it, by his crucifixion, by his resurrection, by his speaking from the tomb on that third day. Come, I have new life for you. I pray that you have ears that hear. Amen. Let us pray together the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn. And after that we say, let us go in peace and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. I can only imagine what it will be like when I walk by your side. I can only imagine what my eyes will see when your face is before me. I can only imagine.
Standing in the sun I can only imagine When all I would do Is forever Forever worship you I can only imagine, yeah I can only imagine To my knees will I fall, will I sing hallelujah, will I be able to speak at all, I can only imagine, yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine 